The podcast you're about to listen to has graphic language and adult situations. But let's be real, nobody's working in an office anymore. So if you have kids at home, put them in another room for the next half an hour. No kids? Turn it up! Get used to it Everyone tells me I'm too much Maybe it's just you're not enough for me Can't you see? I'm the kind of woman I'm supposed to be Hi there, and welcome to the Body Storytelling Podcast. I am sexual folklorist Dixie Delatour, and this week we have a story of heartbreak and hope from storyteller Sarah Calkins. But first, I don't know about you, but doesn't this feel like one of those weeks where forever people go, where were you when JFK died? It sort of feels like this week is going to be that. It was already coming up. But um, I don't know. Some cities are doing shelter in place at different times. But San Francisco on Monday announced that they were going to be announcing a shelter in place, which meant we were not to leave our homes except for the absolute necessities starting at midnight last night. Today is our first day of shelter in place. I mean, I've kind of been doing it a little bit anyway because all my shows were canceled or postponed. And I should be freaking out. When they had the announcement, the mayor of San Francisco got on and started talking about do not panic. Nothing makes you panic more than somebody saying do not panic. First thing you should do is not say do not panic. Say go ahead and panic. Everybody will be calm. I panicked because London Breed said do not panic. As soon as I muted the press conference I called my partner who was out doing a real estate photo shoot he's in the process of reinventing himself like a lot of people are right now it feels like the right time to be the thing you've always wanted to be oh fuck the apocalypse hit he has been trying to create a career as an off-roading instructor and also as a photographer he particularly likes working in real estate San Francisco has an insane real estate market it seemed practical. Uh, there's very little work so far because he's in the midst of a career change. But his career as a video designer, he was done after doing it for almost 20 years. And, you know, it was contract work. There was no insurance. There was no anything. So why not? I mean, our living was already pretty sparse. But video game art, being an artist for them is fairly reliable work. He had a regular job to go to, and then everything changed less than a year ago. It's been catch as catch can. And while he was out on that last real estate shoot, 
not realizing it was his last real estate shoot because I can't imagine what the rental and sales market's going to be like after this. I called him where he was and I said, do not panic. Go to the grocery store right now. Get whatever you can. Go to the hardware store. It sounds like very little is going to be open. So go to the hardware store and get the stuff. We are going to um, create a victory garden because who knows what's going on. This is through April 7th, three weeks currently, but they're talking about possibly August. How do we make money till August? What are we going to do? I'm an event producer. 100% of my money is from event production. And there are no events going to be happening for a very long time. Every once in a while, I'll get an email that says, uh, Rosy or Tanya or someone has Venmoed or Cash Apped me the price of a ticket to the coronavirus body to kind of keep me going buying a ticket to something we can't have together and that feels really good every time I get one of those that little bit of money really lifts my spirits if you want to do it I'll put the link in the show notes every little bit helps right now when I'm trying to imagine how I'm going to exist with no income for six months but we're not going to dwell on that today I had that for a couple of days this weekend. I drank an entire bottle of wine by myself. It was a $3.99 bottle of Pinot Grigio, and I don't drink wine. But I really needed to have, you know, that moment. And uh, yeah, that was a nasty hangover. And now, I don't know, this strange sense of calm has set in. It's bizarre. After he got back like five hours later with supplies, he even found some pallets to create the victory garden so that we can make a vertical wall to hang. And he got some seedling plants that are like squash and tomatoes. And uh, (laughs) it was just like we got together and we washed out mason jars and we started stocking supplies and organizing them. And it was one of the best nights I've had in a long time turning the news off, just trying to be prepared. This strange sense of calm. Because whatever you're waiting for just arrived. I don't know if it's arrived for you yet, but it arrived for me yesterday. And today, I stopped what I was doing because I'm trying to figure out a lot of things right now. And I went into the kitchen, and last night I had made a pot of sweet tea. And I bought some cheese and I made grilled cheese for both of us. And we sat down and ate a grilled cheese and sweet tea for our lunch break. And it was weird, nice. And he said, that was a great grilled cheese. And I think every single one of them is going to taste great until they're gone because we don't know where the next one's going to come from. Maybe it's there, but maybe it's not. So it makes what we have right now taste even better. I don't know how to garden. So if you have tips on gardening, I'd love to hear how to do this. I really want to do my best. I really want to try and give this a go because when those plants die, who knows where I get the next one. But I'm so grateful right now. By the way, if you go to patreon.com slash body, I did a free post the other day, 10 things I'm grateful for. 
and it's got a photo and it's got a long recording so if you like my voice uh it's about a half an hour of me just being grateful and it's free so you can listen you know if you'd like to one of the things that is coming out of all of this is I'm having time to add content on Patreon. I'm trying to figure out if there's a way to make body happen online. There's a lot of things we're working on right now. We're scrambling because our business has to adapt like so many others right now. Everything's going to be online. And um, I'm going to have to figure it out. I think body is going to change, but the good news is you can probably be part of it wherever you are. And I'm excited about that. It's scary because I know how to control a live event and I'm going to have to adapt and learn on the fly for an online version. But that's exciting too, you know? I know that these little rambles, my the part of me talking on the episode, have gotten longer. I'm not really sure how to do this podcasting thing in the middle of an apocalypse. So I'm learning. Please Cut me a little slack if you can. I'm worried about the podcast continuing because the technological aspects are expensive and the live event has always covered the costs of podcast tech and production and everything like that. We're going to make the podcast last as long as we possibly can because what what's more important right now? Any sort of connection is so important the way we can online is how it's going to happen. So we're going to make it happen, right? Let's get on with the episode, shall we? Part of my due diligence is saying that if you support us on Patreon, that you're going to get things that you can't get anywhere else. And it's truer than ever right now. I am devoting a lot of my time to putting up really good content on Patreon. And my patrons are keeping me going right now. If you'd like to go to patreon.com slash body, you can see free posts to get a feel for what we do. I just put up a half an hour audio recording the other day with some photos, and we're going to release some new videos for patrons only any day now. I hope you'll become a patron of Body Storytelling. You help me continue to live indoors, and I'm particularly fond of living indoors. So go to patreon.com slash body. Give it whatever level you can. Every single bit helps. And thanks in advance for your support. It's time for a story. Let me tell you about this week's storyteller. Sarah Calkins is the product of a drunken one night stand between a rainbow and the Grim Reaper. She is an artist and poet who uses sex and trauma to let others see the world in new ways. Fueled by nicotine and music, Sarah is a kinky lady who wants to spread sex positivity to everyone she meets. She has found bravery and heartbreak and a desire to connect with others through storytelling. This storyteller is Sarah Calkins. I'm naked in the moonlight. Yes. There's 
there's hard steel pressed up against my back. There's blood running down my ash cheek to mix with the moisture of my sopping wet pussy. My heart is pounding. I can hear him coming. And then the looming figure is grabbing me and leaning in to say, you naughty slut, I'm going to use all your tight holes however I want. I had met Brian about a year prior to that when I started working at the grocery store. <laughs> Our first shift together, he spent the whole time barking directions at me, correcting everything I did, and basically intimidating the fuck out of me. He was a big tree of a man. Um, imagine Steve Buscemi's head if he wore thick-framed black glasses on a skinnier John Goodman's body who was always wearing long camo shorts and bright hoodies. So basically Danny's head on top of Walter's body, if you know the Big Lebowski. But I eventually got to know him past that rough exterior as time went on, and I found that we became friends. That he was actually a huge softy. He kept snails as pets, for Christ's sakes. <laughs> so I became friends with him and his girlfriend, Amy, and we would spend most nights after work having a beer and just hanging out. One night, I remember I was bitching to Amy about a very disappointing sexual encounter I had had, and Brian became so flustered, he couldn't even look at us, and he changed the subject, and I was like, what a fucking prude, how are we friends? <laughs> so a few weeks passed by, and one night we're waiting on Amy to get off from work, and we're having a beer, and he turns to me and he just says, Maybe I'm misreading the situation, but I'm really attracted to you, and I think you want me too. And I keep hearing you tell me about all these really disappointing sexual experiences with these men, and I know if I could be with you, I could give you what you want. I sat there stunned, not expecting that. Blushing, I could barely meet his eyes as I said, I want you to, you're not misreading the situation. But that is a line I have never crossed. I didn't want to hurt Amy, I didn't want to be known as the homewrecker, and I didn't want to ruin my friendship with Brian. But the next week, when he texted me and asked me if he could drive me to work, I said yes. And when he was in my apartment, and I was asking him, do you want to touch me? I honestly still had convinced myself that a prude like him could not make me come well enough, and it would not work out, and we could just go back to things being normal and the tension being over. <laughs> but the sex was amazing. <laughs> it was the best sex of my life. And as the months pass, spanking games turn to domination play, and 
Basically, I just felt so safe with him that I could try out things that I never felt safe to do with anybody else. He was a kinky freak like me, and he was on my level, and it was intoxicating. One day, after I had got done consuming a cum-covered donut for his viewing pleasure, I informed him of one of my ultimate fantasies of naughty hide-and-seek. About a month later, early August timeframe, he texted me that he had found the perfect place to make my fantasy come true. It come to be that Amy was going to be out of town next Thursday, and he texted me to let me know he was going to pick me up from work and take me out to an abandoned grain silo on Harbor Island. In his text, he informed me I was to wear clothing that he could rip apart. He wanted me to have tights and the smallest underwear that I could possibly find. Come Thursday night, when he pulled up to pick me up, I was so fucking nervous and excited, I could barely think. As we pulled up to the fenced-off abandoned building, it was super late, and the area had been badly abused by squatters. It was filled with trash and broken bottles and glass and needles. A beautiful, romantic Seattle spot. (laughs) The man had obviously done his homework. It was the perfect place for hide-and-seek. There was a tiny shack on the waterfront with holes through the wall and a maze of raised shipping containers connecting the two buildings. We started out in the large building and he told me to hide, as one does in hide and seek, and he was going to come find me. Basically, every time he found me, he would rip off a piece of my clothing and I was in a matter of time practically naked. My shirt became the binding for my hands behind my back. My tights were shredded tatters hanging from my legs. And that tiny underwear became my gag. He took turns forcing me to my knees and fucking my mouth so hard I couldn't breathe to pushing my body up against railings and walls and columns and fucking my pussy. The whole time, he was just drinking me in with his intense eyes and whispering things like, you naughty slut, you want this, don't you? I cut my ass when we moved out to the shipping containers because you cannot gracefully crawl under a shipping container when your hands are bound behind your back. It is not possible. Once he got done fucking me there, he told me my final task was to make it to the shed, get on my knees, and wait for him. I was panting with excitement and I took off. Once I got into the shed, I looked for a clean spot and got on my knees and pushed my shoulders and face to the ground with my ass in the air. I was trembling with some fear because cops do have a tendency to patrol that area and that is quite an exposed position to be found in. But a few minutes later, I heard his familiar footsteps and then Brian's hands were on my ass and my hips and his mouth was on my pussy and then his tongue was on my asshole and he was pounding into my pussy and then he was fucking the shit out of my ass and filling it with cum. We lay there panting, totally spent, smiling at each other. 
And as I lay there covered in sweat and dirt, looking at his red, sweaty face and disheveled hair, I couldn't help but think, I fucking love this man. He's my soulmate. Towards the end of that month, actually, a few days before my birthday at the end of August, I got a text from him that he had just told Amy about us, and he attached the text message he had sent her. I called him in a full-on panic and asked him why the fuck would he do something like that. He said that he wanted to prove to me how much he loved me and that he wanted to be honest with everyone and show me how much he wanted to be with me. I proceeded to hang up the phone and freak the fuck out. <laughs> I fell to the floor, and I think I stayed there for an hour or two, and I don't think I've ever cried that hard. I returned to work a few days later to quite a bit of hostility, and names like whore, slut, and homewrecker thrown at me every day. So basically, all of my worst fears had come true. After a few brief moments of communication with him, he also disappeared and went to follow Amy to try to get her back. Boo. Growing up in a very conservative military family as a queer weirdo kinkster, I spent most of my life feeling very invisible. And when I met Brian, it was the first time I felt somebody really saw me and who I was and accepted me, and it was liberating. It set my world on fire, basically, and my pussy. Um, it was amazing. And when it went away, it was heartbreaking. I don't honestly think that my heart will ever recover, and I think I will spend quite some time comparing everybody to him, and I don't know if anybody will live up to it. Um, but I can say the one good thing is that if he saw me, hopefully somebody else will eventually see me and will actually have the courage to stay with me. And if all the heartbreak he put me through and my life falling apart the way it did did not break me, then things I feared before, like talking in front of a bunch of strangers, will not break me either.
Hide and Seek by Imogene Heap. Thanks to Hannah Calloway for the song suggestion. I just got the best review on Apple Podcasts and I wanted to tell you about it because maybe it'll inspire you to review the podcast too. Podcasting is all I'm doing right now. So anything that boosts my signal really, really helps more than normal. The review says, melt your heart, get you hot and bothered. I love this podcast. Dixie is an incredible, endearing, larger-than-life host, and her storytellers let me live vicariously through their sexcapades, moments of self-discovery, and joy in their own and others' bodies. 
My favorite episodes are ones where I'm not necessarily into the activities being described, but I still end up going, aww, as the intimate connections are made. Isn't that amazing? Somebody who realizes it's not all going to be exactly what they want to hear all the time. They're going to relate to the stories. And that's a sign of quality storytelling. If you love this podcast, a review wherever you write reviews would help so much right now. Not just my attitude, not just letting me feel like I know what you're thinking and what you care about, but also it's telling other people who value your opinion to listen to the podcast. Thanks so much in advance for doing that little bit of work, which is going to make our podcast get even bigger and grow even stronger. Right now, you have time to take care of business. Want to take a midday break while you work from home and maybe help yourself de-stress? Whether you're using it alone or you got company in there, now is the time to make sure you're stocked up on the necessities. And for me, that's UberLube. UberLube is a high-quality silicone lubricant made from clean, body-friendly ingredients. You already know that lube is the key to maximizing pleasure, whether you're going to town alone or with a partner. And if you're going to lubricate, you want to make sure it's done with the highest quality, most body safe ingredients. And when it comes to lube, nothing beats Uber Lube. Uber Lube's measured pumps allow you to dispense the perfect amount of product every time, even in the dark. It won't stain your clothing or bedding, and any spills can be easily cleaned with detergent and water. There's no flavor and no scent. It's latex compatible, so it's safe and effective for use with condoms. And since lube is supposed to enhance touch, not overpower it, Uber Lube provides just the right amount of slip, all while allowing for skin-on-skin -skin sensations. It's great for all kinds of play, vaginal, anal, or oral. And it offers long-lasting performance when you want it, then quickly dissipates without leaving a sticky residue. It feels like a nice moisturizer when you're finished, and it works underwater, so grab your favorite waterproof sex toy and some Uber Lube and have a little you time. Right now, Uber Lube is offering Body Storytelling listeners a special offer, 10% off and free shipping when you use my code D-I-X-I-E at uberlube.com. 10% off and free shipping. Just use the code Dixie at uberlube.com. I really love Uberlube and I think you will too. Uberlube lets you feel what you want to feel. So go to uberlube.com right now. Use the code Dixie for 10% off and free shipping. You know how I always say there is nothing like a live body storytelling. Well, I'm feeling that one. So we are not going to have any live body storytellings anytime soon while this shelter in place, self quarantine, whatever is happening, wherever you are, whatever they're calling it, while that's going on, I just want to kind of savor the thoughts of the last show. Our 13th anniversary was packed, sold out, so many people. I get to wear an amazing costume and dress like Lady Luck meets Vegas Showgirl. I got to be in a room with so many people who were so excited to celebrate 13 years of body. It felt so good. Hugs. Do you remember hugs? People telling me their own stories. 
delicious cocktails made by people who are not you because if you're working at home or you're at home all the time, you're making your own cocktails if you even have the fixings. All of those things we're going to return to someday. I don't know when. So for now, all shows are postponed. If you would like to help keep me and body going and supplement what I do, I have Venmo, I have Cash App, all of those things. Buy a ticket to the coronavirus body. It's whatever you think the price of that ticket should be right now. That's money that will come in right now, not money that will come in when the next show happens, since we have no idea how long we're going to have to wait for that moment. Keeping me going right now would be great. But we are working on an online version of the show. And I'm hoping that I'm going to get to hear your story from wherever you are really soon. We're going to do a virtual body. It's in the works. I'll keep you posted on our progress on that. Till then, let's just savor those memories, shall we? Well, my schedule has freed up quite a bit. So if you'd like to work with me on a story, it's my favorite thing to do. Helping people find their words and pull out all those great details so that we can sit there and go, wow, I get you. I really get you. We can do this on video, wherever you are. You can contact me at dixieatbodystorytelling.com. And I'm also working on an online class so that you and a few other people and I can work on storytelling together. So if you're interested in either of those options, send me a message, dixieatbodystorytelling.com. Let's work on your story. Without the opportunity to see people in person, the time that I spend with you here on the podcast, I'm savoring more than ever. And I'm really sad to say we're at the end. If you want more of me, I'm also putting out some free posts on Patreon. So you can hear what's going on. It's my way of connecting with you the way that we can connect right now. Make sure that you follow me and you'll get emails whenever I put out a new post. I want to say thank you to the people who've made this podcast and the live body storytelling possible forever, it feels like. Thank you to podcast producer Marty Garcia. Marty, you're keeping the show going right now. You're really making this possible. Your technological skill is that a word? Your technological skills are what's making body storytelling continue to exist at a really rough time. Thank you so much. Thank you to sound engineer David Grossoff. Thank you to video archivist. He's created new videos that we're releasing on Patreon, y'all. Thank you to video archivist Joe Moore. And thank you to you. Thank you for listening. Thank you for subscribing on wherever you listen to podcasts. Thank you for writing me. I miss you. And I hope to hear from you really soon. I'm sexual folklorist Dixie Delatour. This has been episode 115 of the Body Storytelling Podcast. And here's a peek at what's next. So Doc makes me an offer. He says, after Thanksgiving, come to my house and I will make you another Thanksgiving. <laughs> and I think I could fucking Ewok for that. <laughs> <laughs>